0: This is but one of a thousand true crimes.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome back to a thousand true crimes. Um, welcome to 2022. Yeah, how
0: are you doing,
1: girl? I know you're here with uh Chelsea and Joe and. Yeah, how was your New Year's?
0: It was good. I mean, it was it was fine. I don't know. So the first was my anniversary, um, my first anniversary without mm. my husband. So it it was a lot of mixed feelings, but also like I saw Hamilton. Like I went out with my brother and Cooper, and uh, that's his fiance. And we had like a good time in the city. So complicated feelings. But I'm home now, and I am currently quarantining because it appears my dad and I might have caught covid.
1: Oh my gosh, did your dad get his test results back?
0: No, we're both waiting mm. because it's so backed up. I mean, it's it's so backed up. I feel like
1: <sighs> everybody like my mom tested positive for covid, my nephew got covid, like everyone's <sighs> getting it. It's just, I'm just over it. I know,
0: I know, it's crazy. It's insane. I want to see my girls. I miss them. I haven't seen them for like three weeks, and I'm bummed because, like, obviously, I can't go into work, or they they don't want me to go into work. I should say, but hopefully tomorrow, either either my dad or I will get the results because if one of us is negative, we're both negative because we really only saw each other while we were up there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That sucks. I feel fine.
1: Hope. Well, that's good. I was going to say, do you have any symptoms?
0: I just, well, I I, I got a really bad cold before I came back. Mm-hmm. Like, I can still smell. I can still taste. I, I mean, now I feel fine. I didn't have a fever or anything. So that's why I thought I was just a cold. But then my dad ended up getting sick, and he was way worse than me. And I was like, well, considering that I'm boosted and you're not, it kind of makes sense that if it was COVID, it wouldn't affect me yeah. very badly
1: that and but there's also major respiratory virus other respiratory viruses going on right now too I that think, are because it's winter COVID
0: yeah exactly because it's winter so
1: oh man Fingers as crossed. long as nothing starts shutting down again i cannot do that we need Ooh. to get vaxxed everybody let's move forward let's call it a day done. let's get done Ugh. Tired <laughs> over <of> it, it. <laughs> tired of it
0: um what are you drinking over there it's
1: just some white wine I'm keeping it chill nice I'm trying to cut back on the drinking so
0: saving it for we'll the podcast that
1: yeah that and like like a Saturday night not so much like <laughs> during the week
0: or a really crazy day like your Wednesday <laughs> oh my god
1: we're gonna talk about that at the end because it turns into my weekly win.
0: <laughs> yeah y'all stay so tuned. that was insane
1: it's that was not a fun day yeah uh, <laughs> I was like please don't let this be an omen into 2022 like I cannot
0: dear God no this is all of our bad do so, it's we're getting it out of the way now so that the rest of the year I, it's all good
1: I don't know how it works but <laughs> I don't no thank you um what are you drinking
0: I just have some of my prophecy um I when I was up in uh New Jersey my dad had gotten some wine and so he just mm-hmm. gets different kinds I mean it's still delicious but he gets different kinds so when I got back I was like you know what I want a prophecy Cavs app. There
1: you go. Yep. You are like I just want my, my my comfort, my, my comfort old reliable.
0: Wine. That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> um. All right. Well, you I'm ready, ready to yeah. crack into the first case of twenty twenty two? I hope everyone well, had it's a great the second. New Year's.
0: It's the second because uh, it's the second. Jessica Chambers came out.
1: Oh yesterday. yes. Just kidding. The second one. But the first one first we're recording, recording. yeah. First
0: recording yeah. of 2022.
1: Yeah. The first recording of 2022.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're just going to jump on in and... Wait till you guys hear. Uh, talk about Israel Keys. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Um, all right. So I got a lot of my information from biography.com. Okay. As well as Dark Minds Season 3. Okay. So, all right, we're going to go kind of into Israel's past first, and then we're going to talk about his, the crimes, the victims that we know of, mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm excited
0: because actually I don't know much about his backstory. I mean obviously like every time they find a body in the woods, they're like, Could it have been Israel Keys? But I so like I know about that stuff, but I don't know much about his backstory.
1: Well, I mean, it's almost like his like he didn't it he didn't grow up normal.
0: Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, let's go. Let's hear.
1: Okay. Israel Keys was born on January seventh, nineteen seventy eight in Cove, Utah. He oh, was that's the second the problem of.
0: Right there.
1: Ten- <laughs> he was the second of ten children. Oh, good grief! His parents, I know, Heidi and John Keys, did not believe in government interference, public schools, or modern medicine. Were they Mormon? Um, I didn't know. I didn't read if they were Mormon, but or I shouldn't say Mormon. They, I should say, fu- I should well, say okay.
0: fundamentalist, because Mormons aren't that way. They're the fundamentalists.
1: Latter-day Saints, that's Mormon,
0: right? Is it? Is that part of it? I think so. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, often informally known as the LDS Church or Mormon Church, is a non-Trinitarian Christian restorationist church.
1: Yeah. Okay. So when Israel was just a toddler, his family moved from Cove, Utah, to Washington State, where the family lived in an isolated part of the woods, and he grew up without heat or electricity.
0: Oh, no. His
1: Yeah. His parents would leave the Church of Latter-day Saints while they lived in Washington, and eventually they became fundamentalist Christians and joined a white supremacist church.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. They're real fundamentalist.
1: So they went from, okay. like, one extreme to, like, another extreme.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Um. Sometimes... In the late 1990s, the family relocated to Maupin, Oregon. Okay. M a u p i n.
0: Yeah, I think Maupin. Yeah.
1: Maupin, Oregon, and they would move across the country to settle near an Amish community in Maine.
0: So they like to live off the grid. So they like
1: they lived off the grid, yeah. and he would eventually end up back in Washington State
0: okay. and spent
1: a while in Washington State. But that's kind of like his thing. It's like his family is... He's growing up in a family environment that does not believe in the government, does not believe in modern medicine, constantly moving, and is part of this, like, crazy religion. Yeah, Not good. So, as he grew up, and he would admit that he actually hated religion, and especially Christianity, and had even thought at one time of burning down churches across the U.S. So... If you can guess, Israel had some major red flags while growing up. All right, here we go. He would break into neighbors' homes and steal their guns. He loved to hunt and would go after anything that had a heartbeat. He would, you guess, probably in your head, he would torture animals.
0: There's one. Mm -hmm.
1: Israel would later say to police that, I've known since I was 14 that there were things that I thought were normal and that were okay that nobody else seemed to think that were normal and okay. Okay. So this would kind of like, I'm not going to go into the incident because it involves torturing a cat. Um mm. That kind of sparked that into his head, like, oh, like, I think this is normal and I get enjoyment out of this, but other people are like, this is fucked up. So this kind of, like, solidified in his head, like, I have to keep my dark side a secret.
0: Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Eventually, Israel,
0: as a- Like, it's like, I don't know. There's something about that that just seems so insidious. Like, you know what you're doing is not okay. So you, you're like, let me hide it. Which, I mean, ultimately comes out in his adult life. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Big time. Yeah. Eventually, Israel as a teenager would tell his family that he no longer shared their beliefs and his father would cut all ties with him, but he did remain close to his mother. Interesting. Okay. So in 1998, Israel joined the army. He spent time in Egypt and was stationed at Fort Hood and Fort Lewis. He was honorably discharged in July 2001 and he lived on the, I apologize, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, M- Makaha Reservation in Washington with the mother of his daughter.
0: He has a kid.
1: Mm
0: hmm. Whoa, Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the only,
1: like, priors of his when he got caught, when they did his, like, background check, is that he did get a DUI while in the Army. But other than that, nothing else was reported of misbehavior. In 2007, Israel moved to Alaska to live with the woman he was dating and his daughter. Okay. So in the dark minds there's like two episodes uh-huh. in the second part they kind of go into depth of like who he was as a person and everyone that met him like said that like they would trust him he was nice he was friendly he, like he did construction jobs everyone like all of the people that he interacted with just was like he, were like
0: was were so like- shocked was he a good father, husband, all that stuff? Like he wasn't mm-hmm, abusive mm-hmm. or anything like that? Nope. Wow. Mm-mm. Okay. And Man. the FBI do,
1: does say that they do 100% believe that the his girlfriend and his uh, daughter had no idea about what was going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. How could so I? he was
1: literally Jackal and Hyde.
0: Literally. hmm That's scary. All I'm, right. I mean, I knew this guy was scary, but that's real scary. Yeah, it's not, it's not good.
1: So we're going to now, so that's his kind of his background as much as we know. So we're going to talk about now his crimes that we know of.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So according to Israel, his first attack took place in Oregon around 1997 and 1998. He abducted a teenage girl and raped her. He did have intentions to murder her, but he, but she convinced him to let her go. He would later tell investigators that I wasn't violent enough. I made up my mind that I was never going to let that happen again. Oh, no. Israel also told investigators that he killed less than a dozen. And while he was in jail, he ended up using his own blood to draw 12 skulls. So investigators believe this was to represent the 11 victims and himself.
0: Okay, okay. He claims he only killed so, twelve people. I don't know why. In my head, I thought it was way more than that.
1: Okay, I think it's bullshit. Uh huh. I think he killed way more.
0: Okay, those were just the twelve. We'll that never got him know.
1: Caught. No, so the there was eleven victims. Or, sorry, plus the eleven himself, that got. Him which caught. is the yeah yeah. There's not no. They don't even know the eleven victims. Oh, they only know three. What? yeah we'll get into it they oh only know my three God. and I personally think that there's a, a lot more than yeah. 11 victims okay I think the police are just saying 11 victims because that's what they're just guessing okay because of that drawing um I just think that there's no way that I don't know maybe it is well I don't know who knows he's the only one that knows and we'll get into why we'll never know
0: okay all right so, okay. Dang, there's only three We're... victims that they know of for sure. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. That just tells you how much like culture like has. Uh, we we'll, let's yeah, let's keep going. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. So, Bill Carrier, forty-nine, and Lorraine Carrier, fifty-five, lived in a small town called Essex Junction, Vermont. Now. Israel Keys, he didn't have like a type of victim. He okay. goes for more of opportunity. Okay. He looks for less chances of being caught. Okay. Okay. So Essex is has a very low crime rate. It's a small Vermont town, mm. and people aren't as aware, like, of their surroundings and like kind of like more cautious as you would be in a bigger city.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They probably don't lock so, the doors at night. They probably walk around solo, feel totally safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, bless their hearts.
1: So on Ju- June 9th, 2011, the local police receive a call around 10 a.m. from Bill Carrier's sister. She reports that Lorraine did not come into work. And since Lorraine and Bill's sister worked together, she called Bill to see what was going on. And that's when she found out that Bill also did not report to work, mm. which is like a major red flag because the, these aren't the type of people to just not report to work. Like they are hardworking, they they're in, honest. Yeah, yeah. they reliable. You know, you reliable. So it's a big red flag. Okay. So his sister goes to their house and notices that their car is gone, and that is when she calls the police. Okay. When the police arrive, they notice that all the doors were locked. But when they looked into the garage, one police officer noticed that the window leading from the garage into the house had been broken.
0: Oh, I bet they yeah. didn't lock that garage door. Mm-hmm. Lock that door, you guys. So, if your garage is attached, lock that, lock that door.
1: <laughs> yeah. And now everyone's like, okay, well, like maybe they just got up and left and like that could be an accident. Like, You know, they are adults. People do just get up and leave. Like, that does happen. Yeah. But they were very close to the family. They loved to host their family at their house. They loved to, like, they took pride in their home. They took pride in their work. Like, these are not the people to just up and leave. Yeah. So even the police are like, "Something's, something's not right. Yeah. Like, red flag. As police continue to look at their home, they notice that, The medicine that Lorraine and Bill needed on a daily basis was still there. Mm. Bill's work clothes were still laid out. His wallet was in the home, and Lorraine's glasses that she needs when she drives was still there.
0: So they didn't go anywhere on purpose.
1: Yeah. Lorraine and Bill kept a gun in the house, and the gun was missing. Okay. So eight separate searches take place, and the investigators find nothing. Wow. Zero clues. The police do get a break when they take a call from an eyewitness saying that he saw someone driving the carrier's car the day after they disappeared. And that caller works with investigators and they give them a composite sketch. But months go by and the case goes cold. Months? Months. And you're about to find out. Yeah. So like at this point, like it's months goes by. There's no sign of them. There's no evidence. No one knows what happened to them. Mm. They just disappeared. Mm. Okay? So just put what? a pin in their case. So we're now going to jump to February 1st, 2012. Samantha Cohen, who lived in Anchorage, Alaska, was Wait, reported hold on. missing that That one you that said night.
0: was it the first one you said was like in 90 f- No, no, no. That was his first So kill. the first like that was his first the, alleged crime.
1: Yes, his okay. first, like, known, not murder victim, but first, like, a sexual assault crime. When was That this? he has. A... The couple so murdered? So, the Curri- the Couriers were, mur- uh, were murdered on June 9th, 2011.
0: 2011. Okay, okay. So, then a year later. Got it. Okay. So, now,
1: yep. So, February 1st, 2012, Samantha Cohen, who lived in Anchorage, Alaska, was reported missing that night. She was working as a barista at a drive-up slash, like, walk-up coffee stand. Yes. And when her boyfriend... Yes. This is probably the case you know. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. When her boyfriend went to pick her up, she was not there. The next day, the police look at security footage at the stand, and they see something very disturbing. Samantha is closing up for the night, and around 8 p.m., a man approaches Samantha in a ski mask. Which actually isn't super unusual in Alaska at that time of year. Because it's yeah. like negative God knows what degrees. It's cold. You don't know.
0: It was funny because up in cold. New Jersey, there were people who would wear those kind of masks like like as a mask or, or I guess just like to keep their face warm. And I would see them and like get freaked out for a second. Then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's freezing cold up here. That's why they have that on.
1: <laughs> but like still don't do that.
0: No, please don't. <laughs>
1: Don't do that. There's other options you can do.
0: Just get a cloth like, like like face mask that keeps you warm.
1: A scarf. I mean, you should be wearing a. You should yeah wear a scarf or I don't know. Be wearing your mask outside like you yeah, should exactly. be. Exactly. I'm just. I mean, just spitballing ideas here of different opportunities, different even ways. But
0: a ski mask.
1: I know. I just. Even if you're skiing, don't wear a ski mask.
0: Like, just don't wear a ski mask. Can we make those illegal? Can we just decide that you are not allowed to wear them? If I can't tell, like,
1: if I can't tell a distinguished figure, like, a mark on your face or what you look like, like, don't. I can't. No. It's it's not allowed. No, thank you. For women, fine, whatever. But, like, men, I just feel like, sorry, guys. Don't do it. Y'all need to, like
0: become less dangerous yeah and then you can wear them but until then you just shouldn't just don't
1: (laughs) y'all lost your privilege sorry ski mask privilege revoked
0: you lost it Uh, it's gone um
1: okay so the guy in the video passes his travel mug and asks for a coffee and when she turns back around after getting the coffee the guy tells her to turn the lights out and has a gun pointing at her
0: okay yeah.
1: Yep. He leans into the window and cable ties her wrists. Then he jumps in and grabs her and takes her out the door.
0: Don't they have video of this? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can see the whole thing. Yeah. But he's wearing a mask. Yeah. So no you one can't knows tell it's like him. Who, yeah. You yeah. can't tell it's him. Yeah. Three weeks later, her boyfriend gets a text message from her cell phone. The message says that Samantha is still alive and directs him to a ransom note in a local park.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Uh Uh-huh. The note contains a photo of Samantha holding a recent edition of the Anchorage Daily News. The note also demands a deposit of $30,000 into her bank account with a photo of her holding a picture of the most recent Daily News in Anchorage. Mm -hmm. The community actually comes together to support Samantha's family and... And her, and they are able to get the thirty grand together and deposit the money into her account. So shortly after the money was deposited, two withdrawals are made in Acreage. So the police are keeping their eyes on all the ATMs in the area, but they're just like constantly like a few minutes behind. Damn. Like they they're not catching up to them. Um a week later, another withdrawn is taken out, but this time in Arizona.
0: From Alaska to Arizona?
1: Nope. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay. Then there's a hit in Wilcox, Arizona, then Lordsburg, New Mexico, then Humble, Texas. So this whole time, every time there's a withdrawal, you know, obviously if you go to an ATM, there's a recording of you videos. Yeah. Yeah. And so the police are able to see that the man is driving a white ford focus in his surveillance videos but he always wears a mask every time he goes to make withdrawal
0: oh sneaky fucker he's smart
1: yep he's mm -hmm, very smart Mm. so finally in lufkin texas these names i swear (laughs) the texas police there they reach out to anchorage and they say hey we pulled over a white, muscular male, about six feet, um, six feet, driving a white Ford Focus, leaving a hotel parking lot. This man fits the description of Samantha's kidnapper, the guy you're looking for. When the trooper pulls him over, he asks for his driver's license, and it's from Alaska, and the guy's name in the car is Israel Keys.
0: Does he has his actual ID on him?
1: hmm Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. When the police search the car, they find Samantha's phone, ATM card, and rolls of cash. But no, Samantha.
0: Not that smart.
1: So I'm... We'll get more into it as, like, I tell you some more things. But, like, I think he was getting to the point where he kind of wanted to be caught. Okay. Like, I think he was getting kind of like... I don't know. Because there's a lot of things that you're like... That when they go into his, like, planning and everything and execution, I'm like, he's not being – he's kind of, like, not being as smart as he usually is.
0: Like, he was intentionally being sloppy?
1: Yeah. Like, he wasn't – so in – and this is the only place I saw it at, but in the Dark Minds episode, they mentioned that, like, when he did get pulled over in Texas, Mm -hmm. he was going to go – like, he wasn't going to go peacefully, but he had forgot his gun, So, that's the only reason why he allowed the police to, like, take him out of the car and arrest him. Like, maybe
0: he was trying to suicide by cop? Like, death
1: by, suicide by cop. Maybe. I don't know. Huh.
0: Okay. Okay. I know, buddy. Okay.
1: So, on March 26, 2012, Israel Keys is back in Alaska and in police custody. He is charged with kidnapping and access device fraud, which is the ATM card, and the FBI start to speak to Israel, and that is when they find out that Israel, who at the time when he was arrested was 34 years old, lives with his girlfriend and his 10-year-old daughter in Acreage. Like I mentioned, he works construction jobs around town, and the FBI raids his home, and they seize a computer where they find evidence of him searching about Samantha's kidnapping.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: So the FBI lay all the cards on the table, and they show him the severance video that places his truck at the coffee shop with when Samantha was kidnapped, and like all the evidence they have against him, they're like, "Dude, we know you did it. Yeah, like you're not getting out of this." Israel finally says, "Well, I guess I may as well tell you everything." Okay. <laughs> he tells them that Samantha's dead. The night he kidnapped Samantha, she did try to escape as they were walking away from the coffee stand, but he was able to tackle her um, and get her into the car.
0: She was a fighter. He told her, mhm.
1: He told her that his plan was to hold her for ransom and if she cooperates, he would let her go. He then drove her to his house, chained her up in a shed, and sexually assaulted her and then strangled her to death. Hmm. He told the FBI that he took a bottle of wine from his house and took it out to the shed. He gave Samantha some water, but kept the wine for himself, and as he was drinking the wine, he told Samantha what he was planning on doing.
0: Oh, what a fucking bastard.
1: So this whole time this is happening, his girlfriend and daughter are only about 20 feet away, in the house, in their house, from where Samantha is being held.
0: What a sick fuck.
1: The day... After Samantha was murdered, he leaves to go on a cruise with his family.
0: How? To the like, how? Caribbean. How do you, how do you, that is compartmentalizing, I mean, clearly mm-hmm. to a very dangerous degree.
1: Oh, girl. And like, another reason why cruises freak me out is you don't know if you're hanging out next in the pool to a freaking serial killer that has bodies in a shed. <laughs> Like what Chelsea the heck? Chelsea and I are
0: not cruise people. We're just not.
1: I know. And did I tell you what my family's doing for the last big family vacation? Yep. <laughs> We're going on a cruise to Alaska.
0: Well, at least you know there's one less psychopath up there. <laughs> Woohoo! Can't, can't wait. Always travel in twos, Chelsea. Don't go anywhere alone. Lock the cabin door.
1: I'm not leaving my room. My husband's going to be like, babe, come so beautiful. And I'm going to like peek out of my window and be like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice.
0: (laughs) That's nice. That's nice. That's nice.
1: I'm not leaving my room. I know what happens up here on cruises. I know.
0: To be fair, he was Um, acting normal on the cruise.
1: (laughs) No, that's the scary part. Is is that he could completely just commit these crimes and then walk into his house and like hug his daughter and be completely fine and like no one would know yeah no one knew
0: what's crazy to me is like imagine that evening right so like he brings her home he chains her up he goes into his house he sees his girlfriend and daughter and then grabs a bottle of wine and is probably like I'm gonna go out and do some work in the shed I mean, like, can you imagine just being that woman and, and like, like remembering? She probably doesn't even remember that day a lot because it was probably yeah. just like, she's probably just like, yeah, he used to work out in the shed. But knowing that, like, there was potentially uh, definitely one, but probably not just one person dying in there while you're just living your life cooking dinner or God knows what else watching like house hunters like that's some that's some traumatizing shit right there
1: oh my god you would need therapy for the rest of your life
0: no kidding because i'm
1: sure like the amount of guilt
0: and i think probably a little bit of unjustified shame you know i bet Mm -hmm. you would feel yeah as she shouldn't nobody should but i bet there's probably a lot that you feel oh yes because to
1: me his girlfriend and daughter are victims as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Do, I wonder, will you get to this? Did they did they do anything once he got arrested or caught, or did they, like, walk away from him completely?
1: I didn't see anything about it.
0: Oof. Oof.
1: I read something that his mother, you know, how he stayed close to his mom after he left the family. Yeah. His mother came out and said his her son's completely evil. But other than that. Wow. Like I didn't see anything, and I didn't want to look too much into it either because, like, that is just something that I could never, like, I could not imagine what they're going through. No, no, yeah, what they, they would during privacy. that time. Yeah, they deserve mm-hmm. their privacy. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so while he was on the cruise, Samantha's body had stayed in the shed, and because it's Alaska and it's the winter time the weather was able to keep her body frozen.
0: Mhm.
1: Mhm. So remember that ransom photo?
0: Mhm. He
1: had already killed Samantha when he took that photo. He had used needle and thread to make her eyes appear as though she is still alive.
0: Oh god. Mhm. What the hell? Uh. Mhm. Oh. Ugh. Look, that gave me goosebumps.
1: Yeah, it's. That's horrible. I mean, and it's just like horrible because, like, if you're the one that saw that ransom note and like you saw that photo, thinking, "Oh my gosh, my daughter's still alive."
0: Yeah, oh, but shit, you're actually looking that. at a dead at body. Her
1: dead body, like could like. Oh
0: Jesus. Mm. So. Oh,
1: he tells the FBI that he dismembered her body and disposed the parts underneath the ice lake of Mantisuka. Sure. (laughs) M-A-T-A-N-U-S-K-A.
0: Yeah. Mantisuka. Do you want me to Google it? Mantisuka.
1: We're probably mispronouncing it. I do apologize. Don't yell at us. It's Alaska. Who knows?
0: Yeah. We're not basic white bitches over here.
1: Yeah, I, and so <laughs> that that lake is about an hour north of Anchorage. So okay. he said that he pretended he was ice fishing and when he was disposing of her body. So when you ice fish, you build a shelter around you. <gasps> and that is what he did. And w- he was then able to dispose of her body and drop it to the bottom of the lake.
0: In the lake and nobody saw. Damn. And
1: no one saw it as being suspicious because that's what you do
0: guy is fucking terrifying
1: the next day after he tells police this they are able to find samantha's body exactly where he told them
0: he had to have anchored her down in some way so the because if she went to the bottom of the lake i mean that just um i don't want to be graphic yeah. but just the way bodies work there would have been gases that would have made her float
1: in- during the winter, I don't think it would have been because it's so frozen and so cold oh, that, true. but during this during like the summer months of you would assume, but I mean I would think he's not stupid, yeah, yeah, I would assume he waited somehow
0: and to have it be found in the exact same spot, like it hadn't mm-hmm. the currents hadn't moved it at all, yeah Oof.
1: so. Now the FBI knows that there are more victims, and they make a deal with him to get as much information as possible.
0: Okay, what's the deal? Israel
1: wants an he wants an execution date, ASAP, because he wants this whole thing wrapped up and over with as soon as possible. He
0: does want to die. Mm-hmm.
1: He mentions that if he gets a cigar, he will give up two bodies. And by the way, like you can watch his interviews with the FBI. Really? Mm-hmm. And it's creepy. Like he laughs. Like, all, oh, he chuckles. He'll be like, oh, yeah. Like, and then I like, you know, I disposed her body. <laughs> like, just very cold. Like, he doesn't see them as people.
0: Like, he has no... He just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. But somehow he cared... Do you think he cared about his wife and daughter? Or do you think...
1: I think he cared more... I think he cared a lot for his daughter...
0: Do you I think that he was using the 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 polite family man who does a good job at, you know, who's kind to everyone, you know, holds down work and stuff like that as uh, like his cover for being insane. So in a sense like they're not people that he cares about, but he knows he needs to play that role so that he can continue getting away with his murders.
1: No, I mean, I don't know about – I don't know about his girlfriend, but I do think he did actually genuinely care. Well, maybe not genuinely. I don't know if he could genuinely care, but I do think that he had more caring feelings towards his daughter. Okay, okay. And I could be 100% wrong because, like, again, I'm a – like – if it's not within the first two pages of Google or in a show I can watch, like, I'm not this in-depth yeah, we're not investigator.
0: Experts. Yeah, we're not experts. Either. Yeah, so, like,
1: <laughs> there are there are a lot of actual, like, investigation and books, like, research books
0: Yeah. on yeah, this yeah. case. Yeah.
1: So, like, that probably has more information. Yeah. But it just seemed that, it just seemed that, like, he cared a little bit, at least a little bit more for his daughter.
0: Okay, okay. But Maybe I do believe that person. he did well, use... Well, and his mom, too, right? He seemed to care mm-hmm. a little bit about his mom, too. Mm-hmm, hmm Interesting. And, like,
1: um, I do think that, like, the family man, it kept him under the radar.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? Yeah.
1: So, okay. So ta- okay, so he mentions that if he gets a cigar, he will give up two bodies. The FBI agents give him a cigar, and he mentions Vermont. This is when Israel Keys admits to the murders of Bill and Lorraine Courier.
0: Okay.
1: Israel tells the FBI that he dumped the bodies in an abandoned farmhouse only a few miles away from the courier's home. Now, the police in Vermont rush to where Israel says the farmhouse is, and when they get there, the farmhouse is gone.
0: Huh.
1: A few months prior, the farmhouse had been demolished. Oh. The bodies, according to Israel, were in the basement, and everything in the house had been um, excavated and taken to a landfill upstate when it was demolished.
0: So this would have been so, how many years? Like, so I guess they could have just been ske- skeletons at that point. Like, how do you not know yeah, the body? Yeah, because it had been like
1: so. It's an abandoned. It was literally like an abandoned farmhouse in the middle of nowhere.
0: No, no, no. I mean, when they were excavating, but I could totally understand. Oh,
1: we'll get into it. We'll get into it.
0: Okay. So
1: at this point, detectives are like, okay, are you just saying that you're part of that crime? Yeah. Or is there actually, can you give us details that only the killer would know? Yeah. And he tells the detective like, um... He gives them details that only the killer would know so that I can confirm like he did commit these murders. Israel tells detectives that he has no remorse for what he did and he was very cold when talking about the carrier's murders. Israel tells detectives that he stalked their home and cut the phone line and broke the window in their garage to get in. He then came into the home and goes straight to their bedroom. He has a headlamp on and he's holding a handgun. He ties them up with cable ties and he tells them he's kidnapping them and moving them to a different location. He walks them to their car, their car and drives missing. them mm-hmm. and drives them to the abandoned farmhouse. He takes Bill to the basement and assaults Lorraine upstairs. Mm. As he is assault assaulting Lorraine, Bill was able to get free and as he's trying to get to his wife, Israel ends up like, in the documentary, they don't say it, but it looked like he beat Bill and then shoots Bill in the basement.
0: Okay. And Lorraine, he is goes back upstairs.
1: Yeah, she hears the whole thing. She's like Ugh. tied up. He goes back upstairs and continues to assault Lorraine. Oh
0: my god!
1: He then takes her down to the basement and strangles her. He douses the body with the bodies with drain draining clean, drain cleaner and wraps the bodies in a large plastic bag. And hides the bodies under piles of junk. Okay, so then he leaves. Now, when the company/slash people that came out to demolish the farmhouse, Mm -hmm. they said that the smell of decomp was so bad that they didn't go in or look further and just demolished the top part of the farmhouse and would just haul everything else away.
0: They must have assumed like an animal had died in there.
1: I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it's the wilderness. Majority people. Yeah, yeah, I don't think majority of people are like, oh, there's probably two bodies down here.
0: I know you and I would, but
1: <laughs> I would. I'd be like, ooh, we, we better need to investigate. like call, Let's call about somebody. This. <laughs> mm, we better make sure. <laughs> so for eleven weeks, investigators searched the landfill, landfill, but were never able to find Bill and Lorraine's bodies. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's long gone at that point.
1: Hmm. Mm. Okay. So those are the three victims of Israel Keys that... Damn, that's
0: all they were able to get out of him. I mean, that's really all they need to execute him.
1: Yeah. But those are the three victims that they officially know of. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to talk into, like, the psyche of Israel Keys and why he's one of the scariest serial killers. Yep.
0: This stuff I know a little bit about, too. The kill boxes. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, the kill kits. Yeah. So, like I said, he did not have a type. Most serial killers go after a certain type of person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He did not have a type. He killed based on opportunity. He tells FBI that he picked houses that had no dogs. So we're safe. Get a dog. No kids. Yeah. I'm safe. <laughs> and a garage or somehow that had easy access to allow him to sneak into the home. Because, because a those lot of people- doors
0: are never locked. <laughs>
1: Lock your doors. And I was guilty of that when we lived in Hawaii. Our Like, if my husband was home, I never locked it. But if I was by myself, I did. because Okay, but you nervous. also
0: lived on a military base. This guy's not killing people on military bases.
1: No, but I mean, like, people broke into houses while people <sighs> were in the right. house on military right. bases. Yeah,
0: lock your door, but Chelsea. no, like,
1: <laughs> I know. My doors are locked now. I have a detached garage. Yeah. So, half. yeah, you're not getting into my house through that. So, we're good. My doors are locked. Mm-hmm. Um, And he doesn't leave anything to chance. And he was the most organized serial killer in FBI history. He would plan out his attacks. He would travel far away from his home and he would travel in the U.S. He had travels in the U.S. as well as to Canada, Mexico, and Belize.
0: What was, what he had, also, what was his job? This was with the construction work that he was able to travel around the U.S. so much?
1: We'll get into that. Okay. Okay. We'll get into that. Okay.
0: Um.
1: Do, 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 do. He. Okay. So he always picked a place where no one knew him. Mm. So for the courier's murders, Israel flew from Anchorage to Chicago where he rented a car and drove the thousand miles to Vermont. Damn. And then he flew. Then after the murders, he drove back to Chicago and flew from Chicago back to Anchorage.
0: It's so interesting how he put so much thought and planning into getting away with these murders. But then in the end, I mean, very clearly wanted to be caught and killed.
1: That's what I'm saying. I think he wanted to be caught. Yeah. He might not. He might have never admit that. And like, that's just my opinion. But it seemed like he was getting to the point where he was like, I'm tired of Maybe, this. Yeah,
0: I'm tired. Maybe that's what it is.
1: Um, OK, so the FBI knows that from 2007 to 2012, he made 20 tw- trips to the mainland from Anchorage. When he would travel, like on flights, he always used his real name. So that's mm. why they're able to actually track all of his travels and where he went to and mm. what state he was in.
0: Well, and who even knows? I mean, okay, so like 20 times. In my head, from I'm like. From 2007,
1: to 2012. That's all we know.
0: I'm like, that's that's at least 20 victims, probably. hmm And who knows where those victims were because clearly he was willing to drive. Yeah. From Illinois to Vermont? Yeah, that's a long-ass drive.
1: Yeah. So when Israel was traveling, he would hide murder kits under around the U.S. and sometimes wait years to return to the area to kill his victims with them.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: The kits... W- yeah, the kits would consist of guns, ammunition, ropes, ties, and chemicals to destroy the bodies. He knew how to seal and grease guns due to his military background uh-huh. so that when they were buried, they would still be functioning in functioning order when, when he, he came back, back years later.
0: Josie, uh, I don't... Let you me keep know. looking back behind you. Let me know. Well, <laughs> primarily because the dogs are harassing me. Because if I do anything other than give them attention, they get upset with me. But just let me know if anyone shows up like behind me. Oh,
1: girl, trust me. I'm gonna be like, uh, Joe. I'm hanging up on you and I'm calling nine one one. Um. So the FBI was able to find five sealed five gallon buckets in New York, Texas, Wyoming, and Alaska. Whoa. And that's the only ones I've been able to find. So, like, yeah. who knows?
0: Did he give up the, About, those information? He he must have given up those locations. I think so. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: How else? Would I think found? so. Yeah, yeah.
1: About two miles from the carrier's house, there was a path where Israel would had where Israel had buried a murder kit that he would use on them two years later.
0: Damn. Uh, did he? So. Uh, clarify for me did he would he pick out like when he buried that kit had he already picked the, the couriers as his victims or was it like he came back two years later because he knew he had a kit there and then picked a victim once he came back
1: I think he picked the victim once he came back I think okay. he scoped out the location like he knew that this was a good location to commit a crime
0: okay okay Ugh. but I
1: don't think the couriers were picked at that exact time that he buried the kit because like you don't know people move people's yeah die. yeah people get dogs people have kids email. yeah kids yeah well they weren't having kids they were a little bit past that's that right, that's stage right. of life that's right. um they did have kids though um, okay so he would also only pay with cash and take out the battery of his cell phone while he was traveling to lessen his chances of being tracked he was also very comfortable in the wilderness, and criminal profilers and FBI agents believe a lot of his victims were those that were hiking. He would sometimes go to an isolated part of the forest and just wait for whoever would come across him. He tells the FBI that sometimes it's not what you were hoping for, but you take what you come across.
0: What a fucking psycho.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, this is this is like some Dexter shit. Mm-hmm jesus christ
1: um israel also started studied the work of the fbi and other serial killers like ted bundy in the book keys american predator written by maureen callahan in 2019 she noted that israel had been fitted with a gastric band and had visited a plastic surgery clinic in mexico she speculates that he was trying to become better at killing by not having to eat as often and to alter his fingerprints or remove body hair so that there was less chance of DNA evidence being left
0: behind. What? That is insane. So he got a gastric band to prevent himself from needing to eat as often and tried to that's remove. What spe- that's
1: what the book was saying.
0: Whoa. Holy shit. This is not a good neighborhood to kill people in. I'm just going to put that out there.
1: No. (laughs) You'll get caught pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, So also during his interviews with the FBI, he mentioned another eight murders, but never gave any details about them.
0: Okay, so he did say a number. He said a number.
1: We don't know if we believe it. Take that with a fucking grain of salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not trusting this guy. Nope. 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 Now, remember how you asked, like, how does he afford this? Because he just does construction jobs. Yeah. He would rob banks. What? He robbed, and they have security camera to confirm this. He robbed banks in New York and Texas.
0: Well, listen, we heard the last, (laughs) I don't. But, like, that was... Yeah. How is he so good? You know what this makes me think, right? What? How many others are out there doing this exact same shit?
1: I don't think... I mean, I definitely... I I don't think there's as, like... Not as many, no. I don't think there's another Israel Keys out there right now. Because I think he's just... He was a very, like... Specific type of person, Oof. like with his intelligence and his I like, know. yeah, yeah. The fact because like he could go years without, without killing, killing what well, that we with what we know of allegedly,
0: yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm.
1: And he could wait and be patient.
0: I've got like chills. I don't. I don't like this. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. He's dead. He's dead. It's okay. He's dead.
1: So they interview him for about eight and a half months. And as he's being interviewed, he tells the FBI that a lot of the people he killed were never reported as murders. And he would actually go looking for information about his crimes, but never could find anything. They were just missing people. They were a lot of them were missing people.
0: That's a big database, Shells. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: His entire goal was to stay under the radar. He continues to tell the FBI that unless he tells them about the murders, they will never know if he was involved with them because there was no evidence and the only evidence would be what Israel knows of the murders.
0: Mm -mm. Don't like it. On
1: December 1st, 2012, Israel Keyes killed himself with a razor that he was able to construct into a weapon by embedding the razor into a pencil. He then slashed his left wrist and used a strip of bedding to strangle himself.
0: Uh, ugh.
1: He told FBI. So, here's some, to me, like, things that I read and heard in other, like, podcasts that I've heard, like, a while ago about, like, why did he kill himself?
0: Yeah, because he's a fucking bitch.
1: Well, he's a coward. Yep. Yeah. But he did tell the FBI that unless you can get my execution date within a year, he will end his life because he hated the idea of being captive and he enjoyed and needed his freedom.
0: Oh, oh, did you not like being a prisoner? Did you not like that? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh,
1: poor baby. So sorry. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Don't care.
0: God.
1: Um, I also like read that. He didn't want any of the details of his killings released to the public because he didn't want his daughter to ever find out what he did.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, now I see. And the press ended
1: up getting a hold of the details and published them.
0: She deserves to know. If I'm going to be honest, Mm -hmm. she has a right to know.
1: Yeah. He also, like, in the interviews with the FBI, he is like, I also don't want all this information coming out because I don't want, like, a stupid crime show about me.
0: Well, here we are. Here we are, dude. <laughs> the epitome of big a fuck st- you. stupid crime show. <laughs> 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 fuck off, dude. Like, I'm glad that we can just know. contribute to the collective, fuck you, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, during when I was watching the Dark Minds episodes... He, they um also said he didn't want certain things made public about him.
0: Make them public, He had Charles. mentioned. Make them public.
1: He had mentioned to detectives that he would rape his vic- rape um his male victims as well as being a
0: necrophiliac. Bleh. Bleh. Nasty. so nasty. All right. Now we all know so Israel go. Keys. I hope your soul is rotting in hell. Yeah,
1: there are are people that have wondered could he be mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. with the missing case of uh, Murray Murray, but I was reading on a website, like, it, you know. At this point, essentially, the FBI and and police are like. If they went missing in the wilderness under mysterious circumstances during those years in the area. Yeah, who the fuck and he was in that area that we know he was in that area, like we do have to consider it. Yep. And he was near the area that she was missing. Yeah. That she went missing. But I read that he had rented a car from a state that didn't allow you to take the car out of state. Mm. And there's like a couple other things. But one case that Dark Minds episode talks about is the case of the missing per- of a missing person named Gilbert Gilman at Olympic National Park in Washington. On Saturday, June, June 24th, 2006, Israel was about a three-hour drive away from the national park that Gilbert went missing. Gilbert was at the park, and he was just out for a walk, not necessarily like a major hike. He had on flip-flops, shorts, and a Hawaiian shirt. Oh. He was a former paratrooper with combat experience with the 82nd Airborne Division and was awarded two bronze stars. So like, oh. if he's going to go for a hike, he knows to go how to be properly dressed for a he's hike. Not like going he's for not a
0: hike. He's going for a stroll. Hike.
1: Exactly. A full search and rescue mission took place about three days after he went missing for six days. <gasps> the weather was warm and clear during the search. They had search and rescue dogs out. About 50 people searching on ground and helicopters that had heat sensors and they found
0: nothing. There's a map of where Israel was at this time and where
1: he
0: was. Oh shit. The
1: park ranger in the Dark Minds episode says that the national park the Olympic National Park has about 12 to 24 people who go missing every year but it's extremely rare not to find someone. Mm -hmm. They usually find them. Now, Israel does admit that he killed four people in Washington, a couple and two individuals. And he dumped the two individuals in lakes. And one of the lakes he admitted to dumping was Lake Crescent, which is about two hours north from where Gilbert went missing. Yeah. And Lake Crescent, like it is so deep that and it's so cold that divers cannot actually go down to the bottom. And if you dump a body in that lake, like it's not coming up.
0: He might have
1: killed him. So, that is the case of Israel Keys. That we know of. of exactly. <laughs> the f- we don't fuck? know. We'll never know how many people were actually victims of him.
0: What a fucking monster. Like, may he rot mm-hmm. in hell. I'm glad yeah. he's dead. The fucking bitch. Me too. Like, no, I don't want people to know. I don't want my daughter to know what I did. And I don't want people to make. I don't want anyone to get out. I don't like being in captivity. Like, fuck off, dude.
1: I know. I'm pretty sure the people that you murdered didn't want to be murdered. So I don't think they wanted to. And I
0: don't think that one girl. I don't think she wanted to be held in your shed. I don't think she wanted that. Fuck off.
1: I don't think that was her choice. So I'm going to go ahead and say you can suck it. Yeah.
0: A big old suck it. Um.
1: Yeah, so welcome to 2022.
0: Yeah, and there's so <laughs> many cases that like, you know, like you'll listen. Yeah, um, like Obsessed with Disappeared or what is it? I think it's just called Missing. There's another podcast where they talk about that. And every once in a while, a case will come up and they're like, and fun fact, this was during the time when Israel Keys was out doing stuff and he was close to the area and he could have killed them and will probably never find them. And it's like, Bleh. yep. He's a monster. Yeah.
1: There's a lot you'll you'll hear that with a lot of the uh, the missing up ep- missing people's episodes, yeah.
0: I wanna throw in here just in case you're interested in the psychology of serial killers and stuff like that. Um, I think I've told you about this one. It's called Where the Bodies Are Buried. It's a podcast. There's this man. So we all saw Mindhunter. And, you know, that was the story about the people who did the research that helped us, like, get some uh, a little bit of a profile on these serial killers and mass killers of different varieties. So he's continuing that research. And he talks with um, killers who are in prison and interviews them. And he's developing like a deeper science about this kind of stuff. So if you're interested in more about the psychology, because like I think it's undeniable that psychology is interesting.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: So like if you're interested like, that's in that's what
1: makes Go ahead. Yeah, that's why I got interested in true crime because I'm like, why what makes people do this do this? Yeah. Because I could never even imagine.
0: Like and specifically, I mean this guy specifically, there have been a couple throughout history that are just it's so insidious like they are Mm -hmm. putting so much effort into killing someone and then not getting caught
1: and i just like i just have anxiety man they must have zero anxiety
0: Uh, clearly clearly
1: (laughs) because my anxiety would be through the roof they
0: don't live like us charles (laughs)
1: No, no, they have all the confidence and anti-anxiety in the world and it pisses me off.
0: You and I see a cop on the road and we both have like a heart attack. We're like, oh my God.
1: I know a cop's behind me and I'm like, what, what, do what am I if doing? there's heroin in my car? Why,
0: why am I suddenly going? I don't going- do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, why am I suddenly going 10 miles under like, the speed limit? Drive normally.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: like, I have nothing in my car. Like, why am I thinking this? I'm like, Why am I having anxiety out? about this? But if you guys are interested more know. in the psychology, this uh, he is doing a lot more research, and, and he talks to modern-day serial killers. So it's called Where the Bodies Are Buried. It's very interesting. Um, so if you want to know more about that, you can read about it. And he does talk about um, this guy, Israel Keyes, a couple times in relation to some of the the research mm-hmm. that he's done. So I'm just going to plug that podcast. That's... But okay. ugh, ugh, Yeah.
1: So, well, bright you, spot. What's you, your weekly win? You
0: start with your weekly win. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. My weekly one. So long story short, military bases, a lot of people know this, have history of uh, people abandoning animals. I and didn't a lot know that this. that has to do with the...
0: Po- I didn't know oh, okay. this. Yeah, well, I didn't know this. A lot of it
1: has to do with the policies on base because, like, essentially, this neighborhood cat had gotten abandoned. Well, we don't know if it got abandoned. We're, like, 99% sure it was abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And... Essentially, what happened was we tried to get base animal control to come out and they were backlogged. And then my neighbor was able to capture the cat and took it to an off base um, and animal you, facility. You got to
0: throw in and they, that he was also like really, really skinny. North Carolina is getting cold oh yeah. now. It's getting below freezing at night. And he was also really sweet.
1: He was very sweet. Very sweet cat very sweet cat very cute very handsome very loving like he wasn't just a, good a nasty
0: stray yeah
1: no you not can that, tell the difference between sorry. like
0: not that strays are he, nasty, wasn't, he, wasn't
1: yeah, he wasn't he wasn't feral yeah he wasn't he was, wasn't feral yeah he wasn't feral yeah yeah so the animal shelter told my neighbor well you can't take this here because you live on base and you have to like that you have to go through base animal control Ugh. So essentially, it's discrimination. You can't drop your. Like, if you do need to surrender your pet, you can't surrender it to any place off base. Which I think essentially. to me,
0: as somebody who it's has so rescued, stupid. I mean, how many rat cats have I rescued? Like six, seven cats. Mm-hmm. Like that is fucking ridiculous. That is fucking sorry. Yeah. Anyways, different rant. Different rant.
1: So, long story short. The cat ended up going to the correct facility, rescue facility that it needed to go to, and I was worried that the cat wasn't going to make it there. And I was told that he was going to be euthanized within seventy-two hours. By a dick. But Joe, Joe called the clinic that the cat's at and confirmed the cat is safe and there, and it will not be euthanized because it's a super sweet cat and it's most likely going to get adopted. So I'm very happy. That is my weekly one because yeah. I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of guilt about
0: that. The guy's exact words was, oh, that cat's not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he's a super sweet cat. His name is uh, Mr. Charles. I wish you the best of luck in life. And I'm sure. you have all the cans of tuna yeah. you ever want in your I'm life.
0: I'm sure he will find a sweet, wonderful home because even the guy that I talked to on the phone was smitten with this cat. So. Good. He's a happy camper.
1: Good. So. That's my weekly one. What's your weekly one? I
0: don't even know. I'm over here waiting on a COVID results. Like, I mean, I got back home. I'll take that. There you go. Um, I mean, in, in general, like, I I passed. The last of the firsts are behind me. Um, so I'm very happy about that. And I'm just looking forward to getting back in the swing of things. I miss my babies. Yeah. I want to get this negative t- COVID result so I can see my babies.
1: I know. I'm sure it will be negative. Keep my fingers
0: crossed for you. Yeah, even if it's not, who fucking cares? Like, we're all going to get COVID eventually at this point. That's just what I'm thinking. <laughs> I know.
1: It's but just considering that
0: guy. I'm vaxxed and I'm boosted, I feel like if I do end up getting COVID, because I didn't, like I said, I just got a cold. If I did end up catching, like, Omicron, I feel like I'm basically going to be immune between all of those things.
1: <laughs> One can only hope. I know.
0: One can only hope. All right, so just to emphasize this, get a dog, lock your doors. Lock your doors. And I guess have a kid. No.
1: That, mm, I'm gonna say go ahead. That's like 2 out of 3 is fine.
0: 2 out of 3 is fine. Get a security system, you're set. You're fine. You're good. You're safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to go verify all right. that all my windows and doors are locked and um, mm-hmm. probably not go outside for the rest of the evening because I'm officially creeped well, the good fuck out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys if you like what you're hearing and you want to give us support you can find us at um on facebook at a thousand true crimes podcast discussion group which we have gotten a lot of new members welcome all of our new members post in the group let's start talking um let us know what you think about this one and then you can find us on instagram at a thousand true crimes pod um if you want to support us further you can give us a like follow a subscribe on whatever platform you listen and if you're on apple Podcasts, very specifically a rating and a review goes a long way so we would love if you would give us um any of those or all of those and yeah welcome back to i guess second episode of season season three yeah welcome back you guys all right all right we'll talk to you guys later all right bye bye